Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is doing what she does best. As a young girl, she was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open. Hi, I'm Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I am so excited to welcome my guest, Kathleen Peace, to the call. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we get into her myth that she wants to bust wide open today on Breaking Money Silence. Uh, Kathleen Peace is a partner and financial consultant at Woodgate Financial. She has over two decades of experience in the financial industry and has dedicated her career to being an ally and resource for female entrepreneurs. So you already know why I love her. Uh, after spending the first half of her life on Bay and Wall Street, she returned to Toronto to start a family and, st and spend a little bit more of her professional life directly helping people. Now Kathleen combines her financial prowess and her love for building community by acting as a personal CFO and champion to a group of driven, successful women. She has many specialties, which include corporate reorganization, planning for and effectively managing liquidity events, which basically means selling a business for most people, uh, socially responsible investing, financial issues of divorce, and estate planning. And I'm so thrilled to welcome you, Kathleen, to this uh, edition of Breaking Money Silence. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so your myth is one that I do talk about from time to time uh, when I'm presenting to financial advisors, and I think it's one that's important for both advisors and um, regular people in, uh, who are listening to this podcast to kind of understand. So let me just say what it is, and you tell me a little bit about what motivated you to, to pick this particular myth. Um, sure. Yeah, the myth is women are not interested in finance loaded myth, right? So tell me yeah. a little bit about why you picked that myth. Well, um, there's actually a few reasons. Um, the very first one was because I myself um, am a personal myth buster in that sense. Um, if only that I've been interested in understanding and learning and talking about and teaching finance and money and economics for over 20 years. So my interests in career are proof that the statement women are not interested in finance is a myth. Um, and it would also be really easy. The second reason I chose it is it would be really easy to perpetuate this myth by pointing to the finance industry in general to notice that for all intents and purposes, it still is perceived as a boys club um, where gender diversity lacks from the mailroom all the way up to the boardroom. But I think what we really need to recognize about this quote unquote myth is that I think calling it a myth itself is a misnomer. Women are not interested in finance. I mean, really, are they not? Um, I mean, on the total cynical side of things, why does the term gold digger exist? Okay, we all know that that term is generally directed towards females. 
But on the more positive side of the coin, guess what? Studies show that women as a group are better investors than their male counterparts. Women are making over 80% of the household's decisions about spending money, and women are known to have more responsible, prudent fiscal habits in general. So if you look at all of that, um, it's even hard to figure out where the actual myth women are not interested in finance actually came from. That's fascinating. So so let's go back to the gold digger part, because I, I haven't thought about this piece yet. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about um, that idea that women are, you know, can be gold diggers and how that uh, fits with or doesn't fit with this particular myth. Well, I think that uh, women in general are perceived to be and generally are caregivers. And that doesn't mean they're always caring for other people. They care about themselves and they want to make sure that their lives are going to be comfortable in this gold digger sense. Okay. So we, I, I just picture, uh, you know, a young woman with an older man waiting for him to kick the bucket. That, to me, that is a gold digger. And <laughs> that shows a woman who's interested in finance, even though she might not say it in that traditional sense. That's a woman who's interested in money, and she knows that money is going to be what sets her off on the quote-unquote right path, even after her husband is no longer around. So in that sense, a gold digger is interested in security, and she knows that finance and money is the security that she needs. I love that because I've never thought about it that way, Kathleen. And I think what you're highlighting is the fact that, um, you know, if you think back to before, I don't know, the 1950s, 60s, 70s, when women started working out of the home a little bit more regularly, the only way for a woman to move up socially was to marry rich and to be, quote unquote, a gold digger. Um, but but framing that as something that actually busts this myth wide open that, um, these women, some of them still exist today, but a lot of them, that's what they had to do in the past for centuries in order to socially get ahead, um, that they were interested in finance. So that's a really fascinating way of looking uh, at things. So part of what I'd love for you to talk about again, and maybe a little bit more detail, is the evidence that's out there or the research that's out there that does actually debunk this myth that says that women are interested in finances. Can you share a little bit more about that or even a story uh, about how you see that in your practice? Absolutely. Um, I think that the first one that I mentioned about uh, women as a group being better investors than their male counterparts, I think that boils down to uh, studies that have been shown uh, with regards to female traders and portfolio managers who, on the whole, tend to do better than their male counterparts. And um, a topic that could be a subject for another day uh, with regards to hormones and how women and men are brought up as children and how they approach making decisions um, and whether or not they become hot-headed or they sit back and are more thoughtful about their decisions. And in general, those different types of male-female characteristics show that women do better with their investment decisions than men, um, quite simply because a lot of them take more time to make their decisions. So let me interject before you go on. So so I do know a little bit about this, but why don't you tell our audience? Because I think it has to do with testosterone, doesn't it? And that somehow uh, the levels of testosterone in men versus women actually impact how they invest or trade. So um, can you just share a little bit about that? Yes, they do. In fact, um, there was this really neat study done uh, whereby... Uh, a man uh, did a study on a trading desk at one of the big banks on Wall Street and was able to keep tabs on the amount of uh, testosterone that were, was in 
the trader's blood on any point during the day or the week that he was there. And it turned out that the more a trader, the more successful trades a trader did, the higher the level of the testosterone became in his blood. And so he kept trading and kept trading and, and kept doing it better and better and better. Um, the same results are not found uh, with women. So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get more aggressive and the testosterone increases and then you get more and more aggressive. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I'm just surmising at this point, but my guess is that goes back to primitive times, right? When men had to have that kind of uh, go get it to survive and to protect the family, whereas women had to interact and relate to people and be a little bit calmer, a little bit more um, uh, planned. And, and in some ways, you know, it, it, with the industry being 90% men or 85% men, 15% yeah. women, it, it's kind of interesting. And so we're, we're back to this myth of women aren't interested in finance when in fact women are interested in money and they also, when they take an interest and when they work with an advisor or educate themselves, it sounds like they do really well, just as well as men, if not better. Yes, because it's that caregiver nurturing piece um, that wants them to be secure in the money that they do have and wants, uh, you know, to wrap up their family in the security blanket. So that may be something that um, is not as, it doesn't come as easily to the male trader, for instance. But a woman who has uh, got her money in her bank, she wants to be responsible with it and tends to be more prudent with her habits. And so before we get into what people can do who are listening uh, to this podcast, what they can do to bust this myth wide open in their lives, for a minute, I want to take a step back and talk about, you know, we don't know where this originated, this myth. I have some thoughts about it. But but how do you think it serves women or advisors, even if it's in a small way? And then more importantly, how does it get in the way? Well, I thought about it in my context first um, to see if it, how it had served me. Um, and... It's only really busting the myth in general has only led to positive outcomes for my life um, because it meant that I could attain positions in the boys club world and then be a bit of a standout in the profession, knowing that subconsciously or consciously people believe this myth. If you can walk into a room and bust it the second people meet you, um, that puts you at a bit of an advantage, funnily enough, in a world where people think that it's a boys club. Awesome. Um, you know, yeah. one of the things that I'm wondering, and let me just bounce this off of you, could it serve some women and some advisors if, if you buy into women aren't interested in finance, and this is a, a small group of women, but they do exist. There's also men that aren't interested in finance. Um, does this allow them to uh, delegate their financial responsibility? And while that ultimately can have a huge downside, I wonder if in the short run, some people find that helpful. 100%. 100%. It's so easy to say, oh, I'm not interested in that stuff, honey, you go to that meeting. Um, and then it becomes perpetuating again because the husband will then go to meet with a financial advisor who also feels the same way and then is not interested in engaging the husband's wife in any of the planning either. So she, not only is she left out of the discussion with her partner, she's not even involved in the whole discussion around the family's finances with the advisor. 
Right. And so in, from my perspective, when I'm training advisors, what I notice and what I think sometimes is the upside for them is if you believe that women aren't interested in finance, then you only have to engage one member of the couple, which actually can be easier in the short run, right? Setting up an appointment, talking to one person, getting to know one person versus setting up an appointment with a couple, getting to know the couple and the individuals. Um, so ultimately, I think it backfires for the advisor and for the couple. But I can see how potentially initially in this field it became kind of a, oh, if she's not interested, then we don't have to really worry about her, um, which has a huge downside for the industry and for women that I'm sure that you see. And what's so great about you, Kathleen, is you've not only busted this personally, but professionally and said, well, wait a second, this isn't how it's it's going to work with my clients. No, and it also... It's a real detriment to the advisor who ignores the female in the relationship because guess what? Like I said earlier, the female is making 80% of the household spending decisions and she's also going to live longer than your male client. Um, so when and if your male client dies or divorces uh, the female, the female client's not going to come crying to your arm because she's never met you before. She doesn't trust you. She's going to ask her closest girlfriends who they work with, and she's going to move all the money that you've been working on for the past 15 years with her husband, and she'll move it to someone else. Yes, she definitely will. So for um, women and men who are listening, who maybe aren't in the profession, um, if they buy into this myth that women are not interested in finances, what tips do you have or what recommendations do you have, Kathleen, for them to start to chip away at this in their own thought process so they can take better care of themselves or work uh, more effectively with their partner? Well, for men in particular, I would suggest um, if this is something that they want to learn more about, and um, I would suggest that they ask their partners, their daughter, mother, or sister, just say out and out, do you have any interest in finance? And if they say no, ask them why and don't let them off the hook if they say, I don't know, it's boring, or I don't know, X, Y, Z answer. If you dig into why they think they're not interested, you may find that what they're not interested in is coming up against a wall of numbers and facts and figures about which they've never been taught. Um, or maybe they're not interested in being talked down to by someone in the financial industry, whether it's a bank teller or a financial advisor. And if that man can just say, well, look, I'm not really that interested in it either, but maybe if the two of us approach this together, we can we can work on it together. And that could, like I said, could be with a daughter, mother, sister. It doesn't just have to be with a wife, you know? I love that tip because really trying to figure out why, if they do say that they're not interested, trying to figure out what's the under underlying cause. And a lot of times when I ask women that, what I find is that they've had a bad experience with an advisor or they grew up in a family where they were socialized to think, oh, men take care of the money. That's changing a little bit with the generations, but uh, that's a great tip. What what else can people do? Um, for females, uh, I would say if you buy into this myth about yourself that you're not interested in finances, um, you do need to take note that whether or not you think you're interested, you are making the bulk of the financial decisions um, every day. In fact, you're likely making over 80% of them for your household. And that alone, just that, says that you do, in fact, have an interest in finance, just probably not in the way you think. So you don't have to be interested in the machinations of the stock market and foreign exchange, for instance. Um, finance boiled down to its essential nitty gritty is money as a means to provide you and your family um, 
the security and the food and the clothes on your back that you need. It's just the ins and outs of your household. Um, my advice to women to get to know about how all this is working is just follow the ins and outs of your household, like penny for penny for three months. And believe me, after you've done that for three months, you simply will be interested because then you'll see how the way your life is working now, whether or not that corresponds with how you think everything's going to work out in the future. What's and also it, so what's also really interesting about um, noticing where your money's going, it, both <laughs> in and out, is to try to look at, you know, am I spending, am I investing, am I gifting, uh, saving according to my values? And yeah. uh, it's always kind of an interesting thing to see that. And I think when we talk to a lot of clients, and I'm not even going to separate genders here, I think a lot of people who want to work in, with a financial advisor or financial consultant like you are, are most interested in figuring out how can we be financially secure and how can we pass on these values to the next generation and live by those values. I think there might be a, uh, I think more women would be quote unquote interested if the conversation changed a bit. Um, do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, once you are seeing what's coming in and going out, um, you will see whether or not it's what you thought it would be. Most people find out that it's not as they thought it would be. And that's when you start, uh, as you would say, breaking any current money silences that are going on in your relationship with your family and your loved ones. And you say, this is what we're doing. Is this really what we want to be doing? And that's the time when you can uh, break the money silence with your family and then also seek the help of somebody who's competent and empathetic and who listen to your story and help develop a plan for you that works. So where can people find out more about your work and um, what you're up to? Because I know you're doing some presentations and you're also doing wonderful work up in Toronto, uh, which I love uh, Toronto. Uh, so I'll have to look you up when I get there uh, next time. But uh, how can they find out more about what you're up to and, and the types of conversations you're having? Because it seems like in a good way, you're standing out in a crowd and doing something a little bit different, Kathleen. Well, the best place is, I'd say, our website. We're at uh, www.woodgate.com. And from there, we tend to uh, post what we're presenting and what we're discussing and what's going on in our world up here. Awesome. I thank you so much for your time today. It's so fun to break money silence with you, and I'm glad our paths connected and you could come on the Breaking Money Silence podcast today. It's my pleasure, Kathleen. Thank you. Did you know that 44% of Americans would rather talk about politics, religion, and death than personal finance? And there's a real cost to this money silence, to society, your family, and the next generation. Kathleen Burns Kingsbury's new book, Breaking Money Silence, How to Shatter Money Taboos, Talk More Openly About Finances, and Live a Richer Life, explores the history of the money talk taboo and offers readers practical tips and tools for engaging in healthy financial communication. Pick up your copy today. Breaking Money Silence is available on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Join the revolution at www.breakingmoneysilence.com. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at breakingmoneysilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. 
Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to kbkwealthconnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.